Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Church, I, am, I was going to continue teaching on uh, our words have power, right? This is something I guess I've been on for the last month, I guess. But, but as I was studying through that uh, this week, yeah, I just couldn't get something out that, uh, uh, get something out of my spirit that the Lord wanted me to go with. So, so I'm going to maybe start a new series. I guess it'll probably be a series because I'm definitely not going to get very far in it today about the seven letters of the church. Amen. The seven letters of the church is talked in, in uh, Revelations chapter 2 and 3. Now today I'm going to kind of give an introduction to, to that and uh, kind of lay a foundation for, for where we're going to be going. We're not, now listen, this isn't going to be an end times prophecy you know, type teaching. I'm not, I'm not going to go over all the book of Revelations. But, but we will go through the first two or three chapters there and see what the Lord has for each and every one of us. Amen. Now when I say the book of Revelations, a lot of people get get the fuzzy eyes and they get, they get a little nervous about those things. Now the book of Revelation is not a scary book. It's a good book. Amen. It's a powerful book. It's a book we're encouraged to get into and we're encouraged to teach. I mean, you look at a lot of the outside world and they, when they, when they get, try to get into the book, they, they, they turn to say, this has to be the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. How, how did Christians even, you know, what, what are, what are y'all doing in there? And I'm telling you, it's not outrageous. Amen. It's powerful. It's very prophetic, has a lot of symbolism in it. Amen. But, but it's not something that is to take all prophetically and it's not take, to take everything with symbolism. There's a lot of things we take, um, take as the word being spoken forth literally uh, as it goes, as it, as it is in its entirety. But, but why did get, why did Jesus give us these things? Why did he give us, why did he give us the revelation? It's, it's a powerful word. Why? Cause he's telling us the things that are going to come. Amen. He, he loves each and every one of us that he's, that he's trying to tell us the things that are going to come forth and they are coming. You say, what, what are things, what are things that are going to be coming? Well, the church is going to disappear out of this place. How many of y'all know that? I mean, I don't think that's going to be in a long distant future. I think it's going to be our generation. Now you say there's, they've been saying that for the past 2000 years. I'm saying, I understand that. But if you don't have a sense in your spirit and the times and the ages that we live in right now, church, we need to wake up. We need to wake up and get into that place of intimacy because we, the church is going to be leaving out of this place. Amen. There's going to be seven years of tribulation. There is going to be, you know, uh, sin, iniquity, Satan, his antichrist, the demons. They're going to be, they're going to be captured and put in the place of hell for eternity. Amen. Actually, just for a thousand years and then, and then eternity. Amen. And it's, it's, it's some powerful things that we need, really need to grab a hold of, uh, uh, in, in the body of Christ, because these are those days we're living in. These aren't days that, that are going to happen in 10,000 years or 100,000 years. Now, now, if they do, praise God for it. It doesn't, you know, does, does that matter? No. No, we still need to do, we still need to keep doing our job, what, what God's asked us to do. Amen. See, a lot of people, when they think of uh, the rapture of the church, they think we, that this is a, uh, a, a get out of the problems free, you know, pass, if you will. Amen. That, that we're, that's uh, what they call that a, uh, you know, an exit theology or something like that, you know, but it's not an exit theology. The reason why Jesus gave us this is so we get encouraged, that we get built up, that we get stoked up and fired up to go out and do what he's called us to do, which is the great commission. I mean, we need to get serious about the things of God, pressed into the things of God. Like we've never, like you've never been pressed in before. This is that time that we need to get into it. So what, so what age are we living in right now? Let me just talk about that for a second. I mean, there's going to be I'm probably going to bounce around on a whole lot of different things here, trying to lay a foundation to where we, to where we are going. Amen. But what, what age are we living in? How many of y'all know that we live in dispensations? 
I mean, there's seven dispensations that, that the Lord has created. You say, did the Lord create them? Yes, he did. If you go to Hebrews 11.3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, by the spoken, by the rhema word of God, the worlds were created. Now, that, that word worlds right there is not cosmos. It's not talking about the earth, the trees, the stars, and the heavens. It's not talking about the cosmos. That, that word is aeon. It means the ages. It means time frame. It means, it means uh, the dispensations that we're in. It says, so God, so God looked forth and he spoke his word, his rhema word, and he divided things up into dispensations. Now, now, why does that matter? Because these are things you can't change. Amen? God framed these things with his spoken word. Now, you can't, you can't change a dispensation. You can't say, oh, boy, I want to live under the dispensation of the law. You can't do that anymore. We're not in that dispensation. You can't say, I want to live in the dispensation of consciousness because we, we, we're not in that dispensation. You can't say, I want to live in the dispensation of the millennial reign. We're not in that. We are in what? We are in the dispensation of grace. We are in the dispensation of the church, which is powerful. It's a great time to be alive. Amen. In, um, in uh, Luke 4 here, actually, let me get there. In Luke 4, Jesus, when he's sitting there going into, uh, when, he, when he used to go into, or not used to, when he was going into all the synagogues there, he liked, to, he liked to do one thing, which I think was powerful. He always looked for the book of Isaiah, and he grabbed the book of Isaiah, and he opened it up to one particular part. And in that particular part, he said, in Luke 4, verse 18, he, he picked up this scroll and it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives, the recovering of the sight unto the blind, to set liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then what did he do? He closed the book. He closed the book and he handed it back to the minister. Now, why, why do I bring that up? Because that's not the end of the verse there. You know, when Jesus, when he, grabbed that, when he grabbed that scroll, he read Isaiah 61 verses 1, and he stopped and didn't finish it. He didn't complete the verse. Now, what was the end of that verse? That verse, uh, the end of that verse says, uh, and, uh, well, I'll say the whole thing again. It says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. Now, why did he leave that out? Why did he leave that out? Because that's not that's not the age that he was that he was that he was bringing forth. I mean, he, he wasn't he wasn't bringing forth the the day of the vengeance of our God. Now, trust me, church, that's coming, that's coming. Amen. But we live in the dispensation of grace where God has poured out his power. He's poured out his mercy upon all of humanity. Anyone that will receive him can get filled with the Holy Ghost and his power. And we can preach the word of God and people can get saved. We have his grace. We have his empowering, his power upon each and every one of us. Amen. But there is a day that's going to be coming that is the day of the vengeance of our God. And I'm telling you, we will be out of here during those days. We, we, we will be out of here during those days, but needless to say, those days are coming. Amen. Those days are coming. Now, just for any of you that are taking notes there, I'll give you the, there, there are seven, the seven different dispensations. You got the dispensation of innocence, right? Which is um, when uh, Adam was here on, when Adam, uh, before, before he, uh, before they fell, right? You got the, uh, and then you have, uh, you have innocence, then you have consciousness, right? Or conscience, which would be up to... Uh, the days of Noah. Then you have government after the days of Noah, which would have been uh, when they built the Tower of Babel and the city of uh, the city of Babel there. And then we had, uh, did we have the law next? 
Now we had the dispensation of promise, which was, uh, which was Abraham. Then you had the dispensation of the law, which was Moses, right? And then after Moses died, after, excuse me, after Jesus died, amen, after he hung himself on the cross, was buried, raised from the dead, right? And then we have the dispensation of grace. Now we've been in this dispensation for 20 2,000 years is 2020, uh, right at 2,000 years, and um, this is coming to an end. It will come to an end. When we come to the end of that, the seventh one is the millennial reign, the millennial reign of Christ, where he comes back down, sets up his throne here uh, for, for 1,000 years, then you know, puts Satan in the pit of hell, and then goes, and then we have uh, the Father come down, the new, the new Jerusalem, all those things, right? So seven different dispensations. I know you guys wanted a theology class this morning, but, or this evening, but this is some of things we need to get in our heads. We have an understanding of what God's doing and where we fit into all this. Amen. Cause there's a specific place that we fit in. Amen. Now let's go to, let's go to revelations one and let me, uh, let me, uh, let me start there. Let's see. Revelations one. In verse 1, it says, This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by the angel unto his servant John. Now, now first we say this is, this is a revelation. Now, we've we talked about that. What is revelation? It's like a download from heaven. It's God, it's God unveiling his wisdom, his knowledge into each and every one of us. It's a, as I say, we, it's just like we download things off the internet. It, you know, God will give us a download and give us revelation, his knowledge, his wisdom that he'll, that he'll unveil and give to each and every one of us. Now, I, I dig, I'm always going to point this out here, but at the end of it, it says it's signified to the angel by his servant John. I I, I love how uh, these old apostles they used to they used to use this word servant. You see you see that Paul did it, Jude did it, James did it, um, Peter did it, and now you see that John did it. Now what is that? Now that that word servant is a, is a really poor translation of that. That that's a Greek word doulos. Amen. It's the Greek word doulos, which means a bond slave. It means to be in bondage. Amen. And you say, well, why do I mention that? Because this is powerful. You know, you can see all the, all the garbage going on around the world right now, especially in the U.S. Where, where Lee and Kimberly and I are from. You see all this stuff talking about slavery and racism and all this stuff. Well, well these guys, these ministers of the gospel, the ones that planted the church out here, they, they use this as like a badge of honor. They say, yeah, I, I am a slave. You know, it, you know, Jesus revealed this into his slave, his bond slave. The one that I placed myself in bondage. You say, what, what does that mean? Paul or John here thought it was so critical. He, he had so much honor, so much respect for the things of God that he said, I, you know, I, I understood I was in bondage. I was in slavery to these things, but now I desire to be in slavery to you. I want that, that all, as they say, gets you know, poked or hammered through my ear and get to the doorpost. Amen. I want, I, I, I've seen that you're good. I've tasted it. And now I legally give myself up 100% to you. I mean, church, where, where, have, we, where have we gone on that? Where are we, where are we on those things? I mean, I mean do, we, do we act like we were slaves unto our king? Are we slaves unto our God? No, I mean, it, it's pretty difficult enough for us to get out of bed and go to church. You know, maybe study the word, maybe pray for five or ten minutes. Amen. But, but see, these guys, they were, they were so in tune 
with what, what the Lord had for them. They, they considered themselves slaves in him. It's not, it's not my will, God. You know, it's not, it's not me. It's you. Anything you say. I don't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't care if it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't care if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or Sunday. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm your, I'm, it's a yes. It's a yes. And I'll get, a, I'll get up and do these things. Amen. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And I'll stay a little too long on that if you, if you let me. But, but it is not a burden. Listen, now when, when, we say, when we say bond slave, a bond slave is a little differently than, than taking someone into slavery, right? You know, G, Jesus says, Jesus says in, in uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, he says, he says, take my yoke upon you. He goes, learn of me. I'm meek and lowly of heart. You shall find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, being yoked up, being hooked up, being a slave unto Jesus, he says, hey, you're yoked up to me. You can be my, you can be my bond slave. My burden, it's, it's going to be easy. I'm not going to whip you with whips. I'm not going to force you to do things. I'm not going to torture you. He goes, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Now we see in Isaiah 10, 27, that, that the anointing, it destroys what? Destroys, destroys the yoke, right? Now whose yoke is this that, that it gets destroyed? This is Satan's yoke, right? The, the anointing, what is the anointing? It's the power of God. It's the, it's the Holy Ghost, the power of God coming upon you. What does it do? It will destroy everything the adversary has against you. It, it, it destroys that yoke to where you can get hooked up to the easy, to the light yoke, right? The one that, that doesn't have a burden on each and every one of you. Because I don't, I don't know, guys. I, I, uh, I think... Uh, I think we as the, uh, I think we as the church are quite fooled, <laughs> you know, we are quite fooled. I think we think that we do things our own way, you know, but I, I can promise you, you're hooked up to a yoke. Amen. One of two. You're either hooked up to the yoke of this world and it's God, his name is Satan, or you're hooked up to Jesus and his yoke in his kingdom. Amen. But you are hooked. Don't, don't think, oh, I'm, I'm big, but I do whatever I want. I do it when I do it. Now I'm telling you, you're hooked up to one or two yokes, church. You're hooked up to one or two. You need, we need to figure out which yoke we are hooked up to and make sure it's the yoke of Jesus. It says in verse two, it says, he bears a record of the, of the logos word of, of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ of all things that he saw. Now this, who is this talking about? This is talking about the apostle John, right? The John, the revelator or John, the beloved. Amen. Now give you a, let's, let's give you a little history here so you can kind of understand uh, what John was, was doing in these times. Now, John, John, after Jesus was, uh, after he was resurrected and went to the right hand of the father, he ended up leaving Jerusalem and, they, and church historians say that he went to Ephesus, right? He went to the, he went to the church of Ephesus. I, they don't know if he was a pastor that he was definitely an elder of the church there. You know, Timothy would have been there at that time as well. He, but he went to the church of Ephesus and he brought what? Jesus's mother with him, right? Mary, he brought Mary with him and went to the church of Ephesus. Now, now during, obviously it was under the Roman rule at this time. Now, now what happened uh, was, uh, we, we all know the Roman, the Romans came against the church, tried to shut the church down, right? And they wanted to martyr John here. They wanted to martyr him. So what'd they do? They got a big vat of oil or a big barrel of oil and they set it up to a boiling temperature. I don't even know how hot that is. Anyone know how hot you have to get something to boil oil? But they were boiling oil and they dipped them. They lowered them down into it and dipped them in this oil. 
And you know what happened? He came right back out of that oil. No burnt hair, no burnt skin, no problems, no issues. They said, man, I don't know what we can do with this guy. We, we can't kill him, apparently. We can't kill him. Let's just banish him. Let's send him off to the, to the, to the prisoner island, amen? It's called the island of Patmos, the Isle of Patmos, which was salt mines. And he worked there for several years until he got older, and this is where he got the revelation that we're talking about here. So many of us are, are thinking, oh, you know, God can't do anything when things are, are, are crazy and going wild. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, John was, in, was on the Isle of Patmos as a... As a you know, in a, in a working prison, if you will, when God gave him this powerful prophecy. Amen. It's not about the circumstances going on around us. Amen. It's about pressing in. See, that's why we kept on, we kept on talking about this, Kimberly and I, when we were, when we were in, in this quarantine and, you know, cause people were, you know, tend to be going nuts and all kinds of different things were going, going about. But see, we should, we should have been in that place of peace, right? Cause we we're getting into his presence. We have more time to seek him like we never have before. And we should be getting revelations. We should have been getting, you know, great things from God to, to minister into people not, not getting irritated. Amen. Because it's not about circumstances that come around us. I'm telling you, church, the word tells us persecutions will come. If you think getting to be a Christian, just you're going to be walking down the street with your head held high and everything's going to be perfect around you, you're reading the wrong book. Amen. Now, God wants to bless you. He will protect you. We have authority over evil things in this world, but, but persecutions will come. Amen. But what are we doing with it? We, we got to allow the peace of God to rule and reign in our hearts, amen, to where we change the atmosphere around us, not allowing it to change us, amen? Amen. amen. All right. Oh, I'll, I'll mention that. You ever, wonder why, uh, you ever wonder why God put ministry gifts in the church? You know, we just did a, what, six months on teaching on that stuff. Why? Well, I mean, we know why God put ministry gifts in the church. What to to uh, to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ. But see, it's it's just for this reason here. Just like John got got put in prison. You know, one of their one of the top elders. You know, uh, got got left and was put into prison. What what would happen here? If I got put in prison for preaching something I shouldn't, because those days will be coming. You know. That's why you guys get trained up. See, a church never shut down. We shouldn't have problems with the church. What should happen? One of you guys would stand up, yield into what the Holy Ghost is, is, uh, is telling you to do, and get up, and you continue to what? To train up people, to do the Great Commission, to do everything that God has told us to do. Amen. Now, let me get on track here, because I've got, uh, got a few verses I want to go through here. In verse 3 here, it says, Blessed is he that reads, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. What time is at hand? The time of this prophecy is at hand, church. If it was that time 2,000 years ago, how much closer do you think we are right now? How much closer do you think we are right now? Amen. He says, he, he, you're blessed if you read these things, hear these things, uh, the words of these prophecies, and you keep them. Amen. I, I think that's a powerful word. What, what does the word blessed mean? It's the Greek word makarios. It means to be uh, a believer is envious or fortunate to be a, in position from receiving God's provision, favor, or literally extending or making long his grace that he's extending to us. As uh, my pastor would always say, to say empowered is, is a lot easier and a lot shorter 
shorter, shorter way to say that. So if God blesses us, what he do? He empowers us with his goodness. He empowers us to make his grace abound to be extended in each and every one of our lives. And he says, you can be, you can be blessed, you can be empowered if you do, if you, if you read this prophecy. If we read it. Now, what's this talking about? It's talking about people, you know, ministers, you know, preaching. He's talking to the, you know, the angels of the church or the pastors of the church, you know, ministering, reading this, these, this letter, this prophecy going forth. But it, but it also has to do with us reading. Amen. Us as the body of Christ coming to the place of reading revelations, reading the word of God, taking what he has for each and every one of us. You know, you know, I've, I've had so many people come to say, oh man, I can't understand that book. I've, 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 I tried to get through the first chapter and, you know, I got down there and they're talking about, you know, candlesticks or lampstands and stars and stuff. And I, I just quit. I'm, I was done there. Well, if you would have just went on about another five more verses, you would have, he, you know, Jesus gave you the explanation of what those things were. You know, we, we need to get pressed in to what the word of God says, have a desire for what the word says, allow it to go in, allow it to grow. Just like we've been talking, cultivate our hearts, church, where the word can come in and, and, and place a root on the inside of each and every one of us. We need to read and we need to study the word of God. We live in the Western world. How many of y'all know that? How many of y'all know the Bibles are easy to gather here? It's easy. It's easy. We can all grab a whole Bible, none of, but we refuse to get in it. I mean, there's places in, in China that we supported a missionary over in China, and he used to bring back videos of, of, of these little, of the, all these Chinese people that were, that were bawling and hugging these Bibles that were smuggled into the country. They cherished it. Why? Because they had handwritten, handwritten books. I mean, they cherished these Bibles. I probably got, I probably got 10 or 15 at our house, you know. We need to get in and study the Word of God, you know, that, looking at you that day. Uh, you know, James Lynch, you know, is a, is a guy from All Nations Church there in Dublin where we worked at for a couple of years before we came up here. You know, he got saved and he went about to try to find a Bible. Why? What Christian wouldn't want a Bible? to hear what God has to say to you. So he got saved and he's like, you know what? I need a Bible. So he went around to loads of different churches in Dublin and said, hey, can I get a, can I get a Bible from you? They're like, No. No, <laughs> no, no, you can't. We don't have any to give, to give to you. We don't have Bibles. So he kept on going from church to church to church. Well, he found some people handing out tracts on the street and, uh, you know, read the tracts. Oh, they're Christians. They're like, oh, would you like to get saved? He said, oh, I already am. I'm looking for a Bible, though. Can you tell us where to get a Bible? He said, where do you live? He said, you know, over there on the, what is that, the west side of Dublin, you know. And they said, well, there's a church over there. It's called All Nations Church there in Smithfield. Go in there. I guarantee you they'll give you a Bible. So he strolled into that church, said, hey, do you, you know, do you guys give Bibles away over here? And they're like, yeah, we got loads of them. You know, so he gave him a Bible, you know, started training him up. He's the, him and his beautiful wife, they have two, two little kids now. They are, they are blessed and got a great calling on their lives. But it all started with one thing. I gotta have the word of God. You know, if God spoke something to me, you think we would want to know what it says. Would we not? Hmm? You would think we'd want to know what these things say, but we, but, 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 oh, I'll make, I'll get off of that because I'll get irritated. <laughs> but anyhow, um, the Bible, I'm telling you, it's the number one, it is the number one best-selling book in the world for a reason. Hmm? You couldn't get out of the bookstore either? 
the number one, it's the number one best-selling book, and it's so hard to find in Dublin. I mean, we are in, I mean, Ireland, we ought to have more Bibles than us, amen? But I'll tell you what, we have a stack of them. I think we got something like 200, you know, Bibles that are sitting in the back, uh, the back of the church here. For anyone that comes to this place, if you have a desire to hear the Word of God, if you have a desire to read the Word of God, come, come let someone know, and we'll, we'll put one in your hand, I promise you. Amen? But why, why is this, why is the Bible so important? I mean, I know I'm talking to, to the Wednesday night crowd here, but why is, that, why is the Bible so important? Church, it, 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 is, the, it is a 60, it's not just, yeah, it is not just a storybook, amen, as I've heard many times as I've been over here. It's not a storybook, it's not a history book. It is, it is a 66-book love letter written to each and every one of you. God signed it himself for each and every one of us to dig in, to know about him, to, to find the mysteries that he, has, that he has laid up for each and every one of us. It needs to be something that is part of our daily life. You know, you know people say, well, I really don't know where to start. Now, I'm sure most of you guys are studying the word every day. But if you aren't studying the word every day, I'll tell you, as I say to every person, start in the book of John. Right, start in the book of John, go through the book of Acts, go through the epistles. We should be spending 80% of our reading time in the New Testament. In the epistles. Why? Because it's written to us. Amen. The Old Testament's powerful. It has a lot of history for us. It has a lot of prophecies that are, that are, that are being met, met in the New Testament, but, but it is written for us. Amen. The New Testament is written to us. So spend most of your time in the New Testament. Uh, as a little side note there, you know, I heard that when I first started, you know, wanting to read the word, you know, and I was like, I really don't know where to start. And say, start in John. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I'm 20-something, 20, 20, I was probably about 25 at this time, 26. And I knew this little about the word. I opened it up, I'm like, John. Let me just figure out where John is. Oh, there's a first John. Oh, there's a second John and a third John. I'll start with the first one. Yeah, that, that's the book I started with because I said start in John. So when I say start in John, start with the gospel of John. Amen. First John's good, though, too, if you want to start there. It worked out for me. But, but anyhow, let me, let me finish up here. I, I got rambling today. Um, let me finish off this verse, and then we'll move forward. So he says, read it. He says, hear it. And he says, keep it. Now, church, we need to come to the place where we are hearing the word of God, not just listening to it. How many of y'all know there's a difference between listening and hearing? Why do we need to hear? Because the Bible says we need to hear. I mean, what Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. We don't get faith by praying for it. We don't get faith by, by, by doing anything but hearing the word of God, hearing the spoken word of God come and letting, letting it dwell on the inside of us. But most of us like to listen. Amen. I listened for many years. All, all of us in here, you know, especially me, I can, I can get, because I play preaching and I play music all the time. I can get to the place where I don't even know what just got preached because I have it go, so going so often. You know, I, I'm listening to my headphones or whatever. I have, I have it playing so much. Many times I'm just listening to it. You got you to gotta be focused in to actually hear what the word of God has to say. Amen. We got to focus into it. You know, we're over at Paul Jury's uh, uh, over, I think it was over the weekend, wasn't it? And uh, we, we were having uh, lunch or dinner or something like that over there, and we were sitting there talking, and, and Kimberly and, and Donna were sitting there making fun of Paul and I, how we, will, how we talk so much. I never knew I was a big talker, but, but they say we, we talk so much that, uh, that obviously they never get a word in, and, and how we can go for walks and how we preach them our sermon and all these kinds of things, you know, and all these great things that you get to find out that you didn't know ever bothered your wife. But 
Anyhow, we were uh, uh, sitting there chatting about it, and they said, and I don't, and, and does he, she, uh, Donna looked at Kim and said, does, does, does he listen to you? You know, and, and Kim was like, no, I'll sit there and I'll tell him something. He, he's sitting there, all, you know, and he looked like he's paying attention to me. I'm sitting there telling him something, and then five minutes later, he asked the same question of what I just told him I wanted him to do. You know, see, that's the difference between listening. Amen, Christian. You need to hear this right now. You, know, you need to learn these things before you get married. That's called listening. It goes one ear and right out the other. But we need to hear. Amen. And what, it, what, is, putting, what is hearing is putting your, your ears on, your spiritual ears on, and hearing what the Lord has to say to each and every one of us. Now, it also says to keep it. Church, we need to, we need to keep the word. We need to allow it to... Uh, we need to allow it to not... <laughs> not to walk off and leave us. Amen. We need to keep a hold of it. We need to guard it. We need to keep it and, and you know, allow it to grow roots on the inside of us, not just uh, Church, there's a lot of contempt for the word nowadays, you know? You know, there's a... You can see it for, you know, the people walking down the streets, you know, and... People that have been plugged into church for years, we, we all know them, and they, they walk away from the things of God. You know, it's just not, these things hadn't become important. It's like, man, I've heard that message before. I've heard, I've heard this before. I've heard that before. I've, I've gone to church. I've done that. I've done this. You know, I know all these things. I don't have to do them anymore. You know, they've already gotten planned in me. I'm good to go. And I'm telling you, they, they end up getting jaded about the things of God. They're the ones that, 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 you know, we just talked about. You can end up with a hard heart, right? To where, to where, you know, someone's trying to, trying to, you know, tell you why you're, 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 you're sick all the time. Amen. And these things just start getting bounced off and the devil goes and steal these, steals the seeds out of you or, or these big boulders are, are lying up on the inside of them, Lord, and they don't know how to get them out because they've gotten jaded and offended. Or even the cares of this world, the, the great things that, that God has given us, the blessings he's given us, the jobs he's given us, the families he's given us, it begins to choke the word out of each and every one of us and we're not keeping it. We need to cherish we need to cherish the things of God, cherish the word of God, because I'm telling you, it, it'll, it will prosper you. You know, as we talked about last week, you know, money, money is not, money is not the only thing that, that has to do with prosperity. When we prosper, God desires us to prosper both spiritually and our soul and our flesh and in our finances. Every, every, every part of it, God wants us uh, to, to prosper. And we, we need to get a hold of these things, but we're going to have to do, we're going to have to keep the word of God. We are going to have to keep it. Now, I am going to stop there because I think if I open up this next verse, I will be going on. Hmm. Are you guys ready to go? Y'all want to stay for another five minutes? Can I get five minutes? Huh? You you ready to go? You ready to go? Are you? <laughs> no, not not in a half hour. If I if I can stay on track, I just, I just want I just want to I want to lay this foundation so I don't have to do it next week. Amen. Where are we, church? You and me, the body of Christ. Where are we? in this day and age. Amen. What, now when I'm speaking of this, what, what is going to happen to us? Because we need to get these things settled in our hearts. I mean, what is going to happen to us when this tribulation comes? I mean, because it's promise, it's coming. You know, where are we going to be in the midst of it? Are we going to be, you know, a pre-tribulation, rapture, dispensational church? 
Are we going to be a mid-tribulation, you know, rapture dispensational church or a, or a post-tribulation rapture church? Are we, going to, are we in the all-millennialism right now where, where none of that takes place? We're in the midst of the tribulation right now. Where are we? We're, we're going to, we are a pre-tribulation. Amen. We are now. Let me. I want to sow these things in your heart so you can grab a hold of it, just in case you have any doubts or wonders or not or not understanding. Uh, you know where 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 we are and and why these things take place. Because if you go and you look on the internet, I'm I'm doing a a Bible study with my parents right now on the Book of Revelations. Amen. And they have to and they're they're studying through these things and they go and if you look up anything, there's a million different things you can get on the internet. But why? But why do we believe the things that we believe? Amen. Because there, there are verses that line up with it. Firstly, let me say in 2 Peter 3, uh, 2 Peter 3 verses 8 9, it says, Beloved, be not ignorant of this thing, that one day is what the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. For the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us, not willing that anyone should perish, that we should all come to repentance. See, this is the purpose of the tribulation. How many of y'all know that? Because God knows that the end of days are coming. He knows, he knows those things are coming out there. And, he, and he's putting pressure on the earth for what? For people to make a decision. Amen. As we, as we walk out of this dispensation of grace and, and get in and the tribulation comes forth, it goes back to Old Testament times. It goes back to the dispensation of law. Amen. And God, God allows the, uh, the Jews, he raises up 144,000 Jews to do what? To preach the word. Amen. To where the gospel gets put back in their hands again to go around the world. And I tell you, they do it a pretty good job because the Bible says that, that one out of every two people are going to get saved. One out of every two. One, you know, two are going to be working out in the field. One's going to be taken. And one, that's not talking about the rapture. That's talking about when Jesus comes back. Amen. Now, they're going to do a great job. Now, we're going to have a revival before then, amen, because we got a job to do. You know, the church has a job to do, and there's going to be a latter-day rains that brings in a great harvest, but, and that's what we're going to participate in. But the tribulation, is it's handed off into the Jews to where they get to do what God has called them to do. Why? Because God's a God of covenant. He, ne- he never changed his mind about people. He never changed his mind about a covenant he made with, with the Jews. Amen. He's going to fulfill it, and they're going to do an amazing job with it. Now, in Revelations uh, eleven fifteen, it says, The kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Christ, of our Lord and his Christ. That's what's going to take place during, during those days. This is the, that, that 70th, 70th week of Daniel coming to pass. Amen. That we go into the Old Testament times. Now, 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 let me give you these two verses real quick. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, it says, For God has not appointed us to wrath. If you don't have that highlighted in your Bible, highlight that. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus. God loves us so much, he has not appointed us to wrath. So how can we, not, how can we go through the tribulation when he has appointed us for that wrath to take place? We remember, we're not in that dispensation of wrath right now. We're in the dispensation of grace. And then second, and I better read this one. And I will close, I promise you, with this. In 2 Thessalonians. Hello. In 2 Thessalonians. 
chapter 2, verses 6, it says, And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in this time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already... Let me read this in the Amplified. And now you know what is restraining him from being revealed in this time. It is so that he may be manifested, revealed in his own appointed time. For the mystery of lawlessness, the, his, the hidden principle of rebellion against the constituted authority is already at work in the world. But it is restrained only until who that restrains is taken out of the way. Now, who is, who is restraining that's going to be taken out of the way? Is Jesus going to take him out of the way? No. No, Jesus isn't going to be removed. Is God going to take? No, because God's not going to be removed. The Holy Ghost can't be removed. Who is going to be removed? It's the church. Why? Because the church has too much power, has the authority of Jesus down here on this earth. We have too much power. We have too much authority to where it's not, it's not that, that we may not go. You can't stay here. If you are a Christian, you have too much authority. You, will, you cannot allow the anti. That's what the Bible says. Amen. You can't allow the, the Antichrist to come up and do the things that he is desiring to do because we have too much authority as the church here in this land. Listen, the, going up in the rapture is not if you're good or bad. Amen. It's not. It's not if uh, if you did a, if you you know crossed enough eyes and or crossed enough T's and dotted enough eyes. Amen. Now it it is something Jesus is going to have to get you out of the way so he can allow the things to take place that need to take place here on this earth. Amen. Now I'm a, I'm a I'm going to end with that. And uh, we will, let me pray and we'll, we will get out of here. Amen. So Father, we thank you. Ooh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word today, to actually kind of get even to a little bit of a teaching today, Lord. We, we thank you for your foundation, Lord. I thank you for the things that are about to come, Lord. I thank you for the, the revival that's about to come. I thank you for the rapture that's going to come. I thank you, Lord, that it stokes something in the hearts of every person in here, Lord, where they, they desire to get out and do something greater for you, not, not, not get hidden, not, not be in fear from the things of this world, but, but just as you even said in your world, Lord, you got to take us out of this place because of the authority we have. Lord, how are we going to sit back and do nothing while we're here? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for, for your church raising up and stepping up into the things that you've called us to do. Lord, we, we thank you for it, Lord. We praise you for it. We thank you for a wonderful week as we, as we exit out of this place. Lord, we thank you that, that uh, we stand on Psalms 91, that no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Lord, you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, Lord. We thank you that you're sending us out of here as ambassadors, one to preach the word, to bring people into reconciliation to a living and a loving God. We praise you for that, Lord. We thank you that we will be an answer to someone's prayer, Lord, a miracle in someone's life, Lord, a problem to the adversary in any device and any problem he tries to bring up to people, Lord. We thank you for it. We, we stroll out of here as these ambassadors of Christ you called us to be walking out of here in faith and love towards you and love towards one another. Thanking you, Lord, here at the Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, Lord, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.